This show wouldn't be this show if it wasn't for intermittent audio issues. And so with this episode, I have that issue. I have to switch out my microphone. And I know it bothers people when I talk about that. So there it was. It was very brief. What I talk about in this episode is how I had all this energy that was of the negative variety, but it was just energy and I deemed it negative. And I turned that energy into something that ended up building more of an outdoor space for our patio area and some new fencing AKA, I turned it into stuff that was actually productive. And during this holiday season, isn't it best that we use our energy for good, as instead of evil, as words are put the way they are for good, right? So that is the basis of it. I go into some other... <laughs> I, th- I think that I've gotten busy in between this episode and working around the house a little bit, so I don't remember exactly what it was, but that's pretty much it. I talk about that stuff. And so enjoy... Here is a festival or cocktail for your ears, episode 57 of Psychotherapy. I am Jet Dunlap, and this is that episode right now. What is a solution to life when things are a little complex? Or when things are a little slow? Like in the case of me and many of my, I don't even know what an A-type personality really is. I know I've been told. I'm probably like a Z-type personality, but if you're A-type personality, you need to do stuff and you're motivated. I don't I don't know what it is, but let's just say it's that you're motivated, you know, you, you're really good under pressure. I always say I act best under triage. So for people who have a hard time when it's slow, even more than they do when it's busy, here's a little trick that's working for the jet man. <laughs> I have been building. And don't worry, it's not fences. Just kidding, one of them was. Not really a fence. Let me tell you about it, because I know that's why you signed up for this class. My fence that's not a fence is indeed a fence. And I need to clear that up right now, because Integrity is my middle name. Jet, Integrity, Jenkins, Longfellow, Gutierrez. What's that guy's name? Rebel Stillskin. Took down a fence that I've been meaning to take down for a long time. It was actually like a partition on our porch. Because you couldn't get large green garbage bins around it. And that was a problem. But it was cemented in the ground. So one day I got my jackhammer, got my shovel. And uh, much like Paul Bunyan and his blue ox, myself and Falcor, the 8-pound dog. Well, actually, she's like 10 pounds because she eats too much. That fatty. I'm fat shaming a tiny dog. But I'm not. It's for the point of humor. I don't want any protests at my (laughs) studio. Um, by angry dogs. If it's angry dogs, maybe. Not the kind of bite. But so I'm putting up this fence, and I thought, why don't I do it accordion style? You know those china walls? Those, like, paper, and they're they're usually black, and they use them in noir films. Um, so you can change behind, but it's not a closet. So I thought, what if I did that with a giant fence attached to my porch? And I did it, and it worked, and it was great. And so I was feeling a little moody, because my name is Jimmy Judy, and... So instead of just feeling moody and having no productivity, I had productivity. Now, I haven't been doing my podcast as much. I have been writing, but I've been mostly correcting. But sometimes I just need like physical accomplishment to feel good. And I'm sure that makes sense. So sometimes it's not just like academic stuff that I need to do. I actually need to do stuff that physically I see the results of because that gives me satisfaction. So even though I wasn't feeling great and it's, you know, I don't know, like a couple weeks till Christmas... I built this giant fence and Gina was out working on set because she'd been doing a lot of acting 
And she came home and she fell to her knees in appreciation, couldn't believe it, told me I was amazing, said, you are a fantastic lover, which was weird, but I mean, it's true and it makes sense. But she's like, wow, you are amazing in every way. You look younger every day. Uh, you're the wealthiest person on earth and you are godlike. And she didn't say any of that, but it's what I heard. And isn't that really what counts? So she was impressed. And then I liked that feeling. So the next day, I went out and got 90-pound bags of Quickcrete. Do you know what Quickcrete is? It's concrete, but it's quick. And it's got little pebbles in it. So I've used this. I have used and carried thousands of bags of Quickcrete. And by that, I don't know what I mean, but lots. Probably close to a 1,000. For the purpose of this story, yeah, let's call it a thousand. So it's heavy, and here's the problem with Quickcrete, and this usually isn't the case with most products. A 60-pound bag of Quickcrete, which is what I get when I'm doing it through a client uh, that's like a corporation. If it's a house that I'm doing handyman stuff for, I get the bigger bag because it's cheaper. But the 60-pound bag is like 387. Are you writing this down? If you're driving, pull over and write this down. Quickcrete prices. Now, a 90-pound bag of Quickcrete, you're going to think the 60 is like 387. The 90-pound, what is it going to be, like twice that much? I mean, that makes sense. That's not how math works. It would be 120 if it was twice, you big dunderhead. Um, but you'd think it would be more expensive. It's not. It's cheaper. It's like 280. So you get 90 pounds for less money. Why? Because most people don't want to lug 90-pound bags of Quickcrete onto one of those Lowe's slash Home Depot style carts. Because you know what 90 pounds of Quickcrete is times how many I got yesterday, which was like 10 or 11? It's, I mean, it's incalculable. It's ill. I am incalculable. Incalculable. It's incalculable. No one can calculable it. So it's a lot of weight, though. It's thousands and thousands of pounds. And there's nothing that can be done about that. That is weight. Anyway, so I got all that. And I got manure. And I got, I got chicken shit instead of... Uh, the cow shit manure. Now that's not cussing because that's what it is. It's chicken poo instead of cow poo. And chicken poo, for some reason, smells a little better. I usually get the cow. Why am I talking to you about this? Anyway, so I got manure and I got grass. And so I'm planting the grass on my upper area and I put a new, with Gina's help because she got home a little earlier, but I put in a whole new outdoor area. And I was inspired by my good friend and recent birthday haver, Raul. So hi, Raul. And thank you for the inspiration because he is a general contractor, a fantastic one. And he had a brand new outdoor area when I went to his birthday. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. He did this incredible like barbecue style, not barbecue style, it was a barbecue. And like this concrete countertop and awning and all this stuff. Anyway, it was really cool. So I was inspired to do a little more outside. Plus the rainy season, it's better for us to have cement up against our retaining wall because it happens to or... I don't know, happens to, not the word I'm looking for. It sometimes floods. <laughs> I'm glad you guys were you guys were here for that correction because that's what you signed up for. So I was inspired and we did it and Gina helped out later that night, so we molded it, and now our outdoor space in front of the fridge and near the outdoor fridge is doubled. And that was great too. So what are we talking about here? Old fence taken down and the wood is repurposed. Here's another thing about Jet Dunlap. You know how that show with the property brothers they always just tear stuff down and it disgusts me because you could unscrew all that stuff and reuse it. So the fence I took down was then completely repurposed and used as a new fence because that's what I believe in. Reduce, reuse, reuse, as they say. 
And so that fence is great. The new outdoor area is great. The grass is going to be growing. I have more projects to continue on that on. <laughs> public speaker, public speaker, stand-up comedian, and writer. But you can't use words, right? Okay. So the point of that story was I was having a hard time in the last episode, in the episode before that, in the 56 episodes before that. But instead of just sitting in my muck and mire, I decided to be productive and I felt better. So for like nine hours yesterday, I was working around the house and moving these giant bags. My God, 90 pounds from my front area all the way to the back, back and forth. And of course, one of the bags broke inside my FJ. And little tip to the wise, if you're trying to clean out like concrete or anything out of your utility vehicle that is not a truck, a uh, leaf blower is way better in the vacuum. I just blast that out from one side of the vehicle to the other. And that's a tip you didn't pay for, but you're going to get. Anyway, so think about it. I get up and I have a little bit of my jetty jet jet feeling, which is standard, par for the course. And I go outside and there's my creation, right? It's just like working out, but the results are quicker. So I'm doing my long-term you know, goals and my long-term achievements by the writing, by the show, and then working out working on my mental sanity, but then I'm also doing these projects that are things that we have neglected for a long time, or not neglected because they're additional projects, but have wanted to do for a long time, and I just jump on them. And I was about to compare myself to my wife and be like, and I'm better at this, and what a weasel, Jet. What a weasel you are. I called you a dunderhead earlier, but you are also a weasel. So I'm being productive, which is great, because then I see the fruits of my labor. Oh, I just got what that reference means. The fruits of your labor probably means because you planted a seed and watered that seed and then later you actually get the fruits. I just learned that just now and earlier this year I realized what it's always in the last place you look meant. I never understood that till this year till Gina told me. I thought it meant that like it takes a long time to find something and I guess the joke is that the last place you look that you find it is obviously going to be the last place you find it because you found it there. And I'm still not 100% on understanding it, but sometimes these phrases and concepts take old Jetty Jetterson, however old he is. Nice try. You don't get to find out how old I am, you snake. Ah, oh, what a weasel. So here we are, close to Christmas, and I'm still doing okay. Happy Chinooka. To all my friends who are of the uh, Hebrew or Jewish persuasion. And happy whatever else it is to you and yours. But uh, I've been in a better mental state because of that. Now, when I talk to you, you know, I oscillate. And I'm very honest about what I feel when I feel it. Even though my instinct is to be much more macho and just pretend like I'm not feeling anything. Because that's how I was raised. And... Uh, so when I say what I'm feeling, I feel a little weird when I'm listening to it in the edit. But you guys are here for the raw honesty. I know that because I talk to you. And you're always saying that. Um, so I give it to you. Speaking of what you guys are here for, by the way, do you remember that episode? I think it was episode 55 or 54 where I said, <laughs> I can't even believe this is real. But I, <laughs> I said I had recorded an entire episode called... Uh, Gina and Jet, a love story. Tonight on Turner Classic Radio, the loser Jet Dunlap talks about how much he loves his bonnie last cheetah. And I almost said it exactly like that. But I said that I had this story of how I met Gina 
and the consequent relationship we've had since then. And I said, I will not air said episode unless I get requests from my audience. And I said, if I know my audience, which I don't, I will not get requests. Now, I was mostly right on that. In the millions of people who download this show, hypothetically, one person told me, hey, Jet, I want to hear that episode uh, about you loving Gina. So note that. So that's one. And I am not going to say that that's the overwhelming results that would prompt me to actually air that episode. But that's one. So if there's a two and then a three and then whatever other number, then maybe I'll start airing those episodes. I do have a collection of about 20 episodes now that are ones that I cut and completely did and are just not something I want to air that I talked about before saying that I would probably have when someone else is editing this be episodes that I put up as far as like archived episodes that you could break it up and have like points that are from separate episodes, but make a whole show anyway. So wouldn't that be funny if we end up hearing those episodes? Have I said the word episode enough yet? I think I have. So I was telling you in the last one that I had to grab these boxes from my grandparents' house because they're doing a lot of work. The family's doing a lot of work because since my grandfather passed, um, I guess they're preparing the house to be sold because my grandmother needs help. So my mom and the rest of the brothers and sisters are taking care of her. I don't know. I don't involve myself. But they said, hey, Jet, there's some stuff on the third floor that seems to be yours. And I'm like, rassle, 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 like an old cartoon. I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to do this. So I went upstairs and in this Bose speaker box, because back in the day, in the late 90s, I was in home audio sales, not to brag, giant box, massive, couldn't even be carried by me alone. Although I did carry it down one set of stairs. I had one of my little cousins help me down the second set of stairs. Inside of it, is a bunch of crap stuff that like was on my shelves from when I was a child that I put into a box that I put into storage that when I went up north I had to take out of storage when I came back and then I put it in my grandparents house that's how I got there by the way I just remembered that I thought I had taken it up north and I'm like why would I have that so it's stuff from when I worked at the LA Times it was like pay stubs from when I worked at McDonald's name tags from when I worked at McDonald's and this was in the mid to early 90s Maybe, let's just say it was in the mid to early 2000s, and then maybe the mid to early 2010s, because you don't know my age. I'm probably 23, but it was from a long time ago, and I saw one of my paychecks from McDonald's, and let's just say I was out of state because, no, minimum wage is federal, isn't it? No, I don't know. Anyway, my first hourly was 4.25, and I'm like, wow, that's, that's, a good amount. <laughs> that's a good amount of money. The days I don't make money, that's more money than I make now. You ever thought of that? So it was a lot of stuff, but what I did find was the Ark of the Covenant as far as Jet Dunlap goes. This was the testing from the Learning Disabled Center, which was literally what it was called when I took the testing, or the Department of Rehab through the State of California testing. And we got to see the results of my test from 1998. One of the episodes I talked about the results from like 2000. What? No, not 1980. No, not 1998. Uh, 2017. Yeah, when I got out of high school. 2017, I meant, when I got out of high school. But the uh, scores were what I were after. <laughs> Take two was what I was after because this was the proof of my donkey brain. It was the proof that I am an overachiever every time I'm able to string two words together. The scores on this test were incredible. I mean, 
just stunning in their badness. Stuff that you'd want to put in the Hall of Fame of bad scores on tests. And Gina saw it and it made her emotional. She didn't cry or anything, but because she couldn't believe how bad I was at reading, writing, and arithmetic. I mean, I want to tell you the scores and I want to explain to you the testing system. I have told you, so this is a spoiler, I guess, because I want to have Gina on one of the next episodes where we talk about the test scores, like when we had the pop quiz episodes, but that I had the worst scores out of, in a couple of categories, I had the worst scores. So I set the bottom of the curve in like writing and spelling or reading or something like that. (laughs) Proven concept. Um, And it was beautiful. Now, you would think that would make me feel like Rudy Rudiger in the movie Rudy. The football playing guy who was little. Anyway, so I'm not Rudy Rudiger and I didn't feel great. But if you saw this, you'd be like, how does this guy form sentences? How does this guy walk around without diapers and a cane? Because he is so, I don't know, not great in the brain. Yes, there it is. Not grain in the, not grain in the brain. That was what I was searching for. But this test thing is so wonderful because when I do seminars next year, when I write my book, unlike all those weasel weaseltons who are like, I had trouble in school. I actually got a B plus once. And this is people, dude. This is people. Like Gina and I have looked at the people who speak on the tours that I was supposed to speak on that I totally didn't get attached to. Whatever. (sighs) Anyway, and they were like people who are like, you know, I overcame obesity. And the person was like five pounds overweight. And then she talks about how special she is and everyone cries and all this magicalness. But it's all BS, right? It's the same people who really do. They're like, I overcame adversity because my parents only had one private jet. And it makes me furious because every time I hear someone talk about their adversity, if it's malarkey, it just makes me mad. Gosh, am I expressing the same feeling a bunch of times? Yes, I am. And then on the reverse side, at least I'm honest in the sense that if it's a real rags to riches or a real adversity tale, I love it. It's great. Because it's inspiring. But most of the ones today are like people who overcame their crippling disability in fashion. And then all of a sudden they're billionaires by the time they're 26. And oh, what a tragic story they lived. Anyway, my tragic story has documentation, doesn't it? Like that that uh, book, uh, How to Un-F Your Life or something. How to Un... Yeah, F. And uh, I read it and it's okay at best. The only reason anyone bought it was because the title. And this guy basically is a charmed little frat boy who got everything he wants. He's a little bit sad that his girlfriend left him and now has even more money. What? That's not overcoming adversity. That's being fortunate and super blessed and then being even more so by writing a book that lies. So do I have prickly little feelings about this? Sure. But I have my proof and I will go into it with Gina because it is pretty remarkable, right? Plus the dyslexia, well, which I guess plays into that. And the ADD, which is also there. And then the depression. Not that anyone's keeping score. I think that a part of my recovery of being a happier person will be not stating that as a badge of honor. Right? So that's something I'm working on daily, by the way. Is that every single day I'm trying to think in the present of being what it is I desire. And what it is I believe I was made to be. What I was put on this earth for. And I struggle with that because... I will fall into my neutral state of sadness, but it's progress, I believe. Some days are easier than others, and some days it feels like it's impossible. 
But as that song says, oops, there goes another rubber tree. Oops, there goes another rubber tree plant. That ant didn't move that rubber tree plant at first. But then eventually he was doing it like a conveyor belt. And we, the human, must strive to even be better than the ant. Because us, the human, must always strive to be greater than the ant. Now, you may have noticed a sound quality difference, which I'm told I shouldn't talk about, but I had to switch microphones because my other microphone was screwing up. Because sometimes that happens, and it makes me want to stop doing the show, but I didn't. So I want to leave you with a couple of things to end out this LeVar Burton-esque show. When you're feeling down and out, grab yourself a frosty trout. That's not anything at all. It was just a convenient way to rhyme, and, you know, sometimes I'm a little nuts. But frosty trout sounds pretty good. No, when you're feeling tough and, oh my god, Dr. Seuss. (sighs) When stuff's being a little bit of a pain in the neck. Maybe you can start creating things. Maybe you can start shifting that energy. Well, you know, I shouldn't use hypotheticals. I'll just leave you with what my show was about today. I was having a hard time with the holidays, and now Gina, when I was working on my audio issues, I went upstairs, and we were checking out what we've done, and it's motivating her more. So we've created this way cooler environment, and we're going to have a holiday party, and you're not invited. I'm sorry, but by the time you listen to this, it will be like 2068 or something like that. This will be found in the archives and be the basis for a new civilization, which is the only way this could happen. But we have turned, and I have turned, something that was negative energy into just energy and making it positive. And when you're digging holes in the ground or you're pouring cement or you're running or you're working out or whatever it is, You are using that energy that you were given that is painful and turning it into something that is productive. So there is your option and there is something you can do. With that, I must say I am out of words. Happy holidays again, if this is during the holidays. And if it's like January, happy January. And if it's February, wouldn't it be funny if I went through all the months? I am Jet Dunlap. This is Psychotherapy. I'll talk to you next time.